I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, March 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in about seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, on, I guess it was Friday, on the last Peak Daily, we talked about food prices and how inflation is impacting them and everything's more expensive than it was before. And we actually got in some really neat responses, both the newsletter and the podcast, on what people are seeing go up. So you want to you go through some of them? Sure. I, I know Sabina, who wrote in, and she wrote, $30 for poached eggs, coffee, and a pancake at a diner, exclamation points. We're allowed to go out now, but who can afford it? She's not wrong. It is a, restaurants right now are going through a very difficult time and food costs are very expensive and it even comes across in a diner. I'd just stay in bed. I wouldn't even go out. <laughs> you know, no more brunch for me. Um, it, from Crystal, $45 for a pina colada and a shot of Casamigos. Casamigos, that's George Clooney's uh, tequila. And so shame on George Clooney. That's, that's uh, profiteering uh, among the Hollywood class. Uh, and then the last one we had was from Lindsay, which she said she paid nine bucks, 33 cents for a free reward, personal size pizza from Domino's. You know, I, I, they, I've been told my whole life that nothing is truly free. And it appears that that might be the case in the Domino's context. <laughs> the free reward is you get to pay almost 10 bucks for the free reward. It's, I feel like you could buy the pizza for 10 bucks. I feel <laughs> like that's how much the pizza costs. I'm not sure. It's, it's more like a technical issue than a, a, a challenge of inflation. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like she may have misunderstood the free reward. But Lindsay, we hear you. Things are expensive. Sabina and Crystal, thank you as well. Brett, aside from lots of food costs going up and things being more expensive, what do we have for Peak Pals on this spring Monday? It's beautiful outside. And for our first, which is why I want to get through this as quickly as possible, folks, <laughs> so we can so we can get out there. But for our first story, time to travel. For our second story, prisoner. And for our third story, energy crunch. For our first story, travel companies are preparing for the busiest season since the pandemic began in response to Canada shedding pre-travel COVID restrictions for fully vaccinated visitors. Brett, I'm pretty excited to get traveling. I also have family coming up from the U.S. for the first time. How are airlines planning to ramp up? Wow, that's very exciting. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, it's great to see airlines starting to respond to the increase in travel. I had two flights booked that were both canceled because of the ramp down of COVID travel. So it's all very exciting. WestJet announced that it will restore and expand 94% of its pre-pandemic flight routes in time for the summer to meet the immediate and dramatic increase in travel interest. And Air Canada added a mix of new Trans-Pacific routes. Now, here's why this really matters to you and to me and to Brett as well. If you have a dream destination in mind, book it before prices go up. Due to both high demand and astronomical fuel costs, WestJet's next Toronto Rome flight on May 6th will cost you 733 bucks. Just saying. I'm going to Florence in May. We didn't talk about this, Jay, so I'm surprised. Uh, and that's about how much I paid to go. And so it's expensive. A 2022 survey found that the top three travel destinations for Canadians right now are the U.S., obviously, Italy, and Mexico. That kind of speaks to me. But only 48.7% of Canadians still have the same desire to travel as before the pandemic. And ticket prices to some international flights have already increased, as Brett can tell you. Uh, but Martin Firestone, a travel insurance broker, he told CTV News it's, quote, only a matter of time before all flights become considerably more expensive. Thanks, Mr. Firestone. Well, and he has a point here. So blocks over Russia's airspace are causing longer flight times between Canada and parts of Asia and Europe, which requires using more fuel. And large cruise ships set to return to Canadian ports next month can use up to 250 tons of fuel per day. And what's interesting, Jay, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but to get to Asia from Canada, 
most of the time you're flying over the Arctic, which goes over Russia, which we can't do anymore. So big problem, which brings us to the big picture. Well, per Stats Canada, in 2020, Canadian Airlines transported less than one-third of the number of passengers they carried in 2019. 2021 numbers should show a slight rebound, but the travel industry really hopes that 2022 is the year things really take off. Get it, Brett? Take off? It's a joke. I get it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Not a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I got it. For our second story, just like anyone with full-time work, every two weeks, it's payday for inmates across Canada's federal prisons. So we saw that David Dorson, who he is, a, this is a pen name for an ex-prisoner turned writer, and he released a two-part report with Lawyers Daily detailing the work and pay of Canadian jails. I thought this was pretty interesting, and so we thought we'd share it with you, Peak Pals. So Jay, prisoners aren't too dissimilar from you and I. They're kind of clocking in and trying to make a living, right? Yes, I mean, that may be underselling how terrible prisons are, but Correctional Services Canada runs the country's prison system, which requires many inmates to get jobs unless they are medically exempt. In the absence of LinkedIn, you can turn to bulletin boards and networking with other inmates to learn about open roles. Now, highly coveted jobs include working in the prison school, library, or other services, and are often held by lifers, we learned. And now newer inmates are often encouraged to work for prison-run enterprises that fulfill government contracts. I heard a story once about how a Canadian media mogul, former Canadian media mogul Conrad Black, was a big worker in the library at his prison when he was in jail. Uh, Now, the going rate for these roles is between $5 to $7 per day for their work. Those who are unemployed or refuse to get to work get $2.50 or a buck, respectively. And others live comfortably off of generous family members and friends, kind of like the outside world. So 30% of total earnings go towards room and board, cost of the prison phone system, and an inmate pool for things like turkeys at Christmas or TV and toys for children in the visiting area. Think of it as kind of a prison tax that's collectively distributed. And a prisoner who has a regular job will typically end up with about $33 every two weeks in his or her account. That's $3.30 a day, which they can spend on, well, really highly marked up phone calls. Maybe one day we'll talk about that. Stationary to write letters or a private weekend visit with a spouse. Now, while paying prison wages with taxpayer dollars is seen as a way to promote a life without crime once out from behind bars, many never see more than a couple hundred dollars to their name at one time, which is hardly enough to cover a promising fresh start. And to bring it all back, here's why it matters. Canada Correctional Services spent over $1.9 billion in the fiscal year of 2021. Housing an inmate alone cost $100,000 a year. But available evidence shows that our prisons are doing little to reduce crime and may even be increasing it. Brett, one day we'll focus on that. And for our final story, don't feel like returning to the office just yet? Try telling your manager you're working from home to save the world from an energy crisis, Brett. That's just one of the 10 recommendations made by the International Energy Agency, the IEA, to encourage people and governments to curb oil consumption as Russia's war on Ukraine reduces the global energy supply. Brett, that sounds pretty good to me, and you're the CEO. What are some of the other recommendations from the IEA? I know, I have no manager to tell. Well, the recommendations actually only get better. So, at in my in my view, along with working from home, the IEA's recommendations include reducing highway speed limits by 10 kilometers an hour. I don't drive, so that's not a big deal to me. Car-free Sundays in big cities, that's a really big deal for me. Lowering public transit fares, uh, speeding up the adoption of electric and hybrid vehicles, and avoiding business travel altogether. Again, I agree with all of that. Yes, all the electric and hybrid vehicles we talked about last week, how there's delays of up to three to six months to actually get those here in Canada. And here's why it all matters, Brett. Earlier this week, the IEA warned that the world is headed for a serious 
energy crunch, with potentially 30% of Russian oil coming off the market by April as it becomes more difficult for the country to export energy. See, while oil prices have fallen somewhat since their peak last week, a further drop in supply would likely drive prices up again, making gas and, well, just about everything a bit more expensive. And the IEA claims their plan, if implemented, which it just looking at this recommendation just feels unlikely, <laughs> uh, would reduce oil consumption by 2.7 million barrels per day within four months, which is enough to offset the forecasted fall off in Russian oil exports. Yeah, but while the IEA can make recommendations, it has about as much power as you and I, Brett, to implement any of them that will end up with really governments and individuals. And while Western countries have in previous energy shortages tolerated sacrifices like fuel rationing systems that only allowed people to buy gas on certain days, nothing like that is now on the table, nor do I think it's about to be. Speaking just for ourselves, though, we'd love cheaper bus fare and TTC tickets. I love tickets. cheaper bus fare. I love cheaper bus fare. I love car-free Saturdays. That sounds nice. There's a bunch of things I like about it. It just, just feels unlikely. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I, just, I wonder if the IEA will write you a letter to your boss to say that you can't actually come to the office to it, save the world. Yeah, like a like a, like a a sick note. <laughs> yeah. Here, uh, boss, I have a letter from the IEA. It says I don't have to come to work. Yeah, <laughs> Try I'll that one on. You. Try that one on. Yeah. Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay.